Good day. You're listening to CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. This is Free City Radio. It is Wednesday, the 22nd of September, and it is, of course, 11 a.m. We broadcast every week at this time, and it's a pleasure to be with you. My name is Stefan Christoph. On the program today, we're going to be speaking with um, Drew Oyaje, one of the people behind The Breach Media, uh, a new independent media organization uh, that is looking at uh, political movements, um, um, political debates uh, within Canada. Um, Drew is based in Giogiage in Montreal. I thought it was important to try to highlight some critical perspectives in relation to mainstream media coverage of the recent federal election. Uh, I think the breach has really done an important job in highlighting the uh, perspectives of social activists and social movements um, in relation to the important political questions of the moment, uh, whether it's uh, reconciliation, whether it's uh, the struggle for affordable housing, uh, the growing gap between the wealthy and the rest, uh, looking also at issues of systemic racism, the breach has highlighted and lifted up the voices of people within movements uh, looking at those questions today. Um, I'd really encourage people to to check out their work. Um, I think that it's an interesting and important uh, moment uh, for independent media in Canada, breachmedia.ca. And, um, you know, it's really not an easy thing to set up a, a project like this. And uh, I thought it was great that they tried to address uh, the recent federal election, but also that they are consistently and meaningfully addressing uh, the voices and the work of social activists. Um, from a more investigative approach, um, and I think they're really looking at questions that we're not seeing addressed in that sort of depth in a lot of the major media platforms. So this is our conversation. It is Free City Radio you're tuned into on CKUT 90.3 FM. I spoke with one of the uh, founding members of The Breach. Um, it is Wednesday, the 22nd of September. Of course, it was the federal elections this week, and that is the subject of my conversation with Drew Oyaje. I'm Stefan Christoph, and I'm with you every Wednesday here on Free City Radio. Uh, I'm joined by Drew Oyaje, who is the publisher at The Breach. Um, uh, really awesome new independent media project in Canada that has been tracking uh, the recent federal elections, but also looking at, of course, the intersections between social movements and activism, but also uh, how those um, aspects of politics in Canada affect uh, the electoral sphere. Um, many other things. Thank you, Drew, for speaking with us. Pleasure to be here. So um, I guess, you know, you were sharing quite a lot about the sort of history of minority parliaments. You wrote an article for The Breach about that. Um, often it's, um, you know, I'd say quite common for social movements to look at electoral politics um, with, you know, not a lot. <laughs> How do you think that this situation should be perceived or how do you think this situation could be perceived 
um, in relation to organizing um, and maybe share some of the ideas that you, you brought up about, about what can be achieved in minority parliament situations. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I guess the, the basic idea of, of what I was saying is, is just that minorities are sort of unique, uh, in, certainly in Canadian history, going back to certainly the 60s and, and, and all points since then, when, whenever there's been a liberal minority with the NDP holding the balance of power, um, it's, been a, it's been a moment when it's possible to extract um, like pretty significant, um, you know, demands that haven't that haven't that weren't that weren't on the table before that you know whether it's billions in funding for um housing and um and transportation or whether it's uh uh or whether it's medicare uh or whether it's a nationalizing part of the oil industry um things things become possible that weren't possible otherwise um so i think um, we're in a really unique scenario right now where we've had two consecutive liberal minorities. Um, that that hasn't happened in a long time. That hasn't happened since the 60s. So we're talking like, yeah, um, basically 60, you know, 50 years ago, at least since since we've had two, um, two minorities in a row. Um, so I think it's a really unique opportunity for social movements to sort of seize the day and say, all right, wh what could we put on the table? Um, what is there that what is what what is possible now that might not otherwise be possible? How are we going to seize this very specific uh, rare moment? Um, and, you know, um, it's it's a moment that I think the corporate media really doesn't like they want they want to either change to a party that's stronger um they were trying to 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 pump up Aaron O'Toole for a while uh they're trying to suppress uh the people's party of canada vote um in order to prop up the conservatives they were trying they're trying all kinds of stuff um they you know they're trumpeting that they they were definitely cheerleading a liberal majority for a certain point like they're they're ready for there to be more decisive action on behalf of the ruling class what they don't like is when parties are like the liberal party are are in power but desperate um desperate to become a little more popular that's when you get things like you know childcare. i mean they just like they wouldn't i i mean my my hypothesis is the liberals would not have delivered any kind of child care accord with the provinces if they had a majority they just why would they bother um, but because uh, they're in a minority, um, they needed to have something to campaign on. They needed to have something that's going to give people a reason to vote for them. Um, and so, um, so, so that's that's the opportunity. Um, and I think um, I think social movements have a real opportunity to to sort of define uh, from below, you know, what what the agenda of this next parliament is. Um, and I think uh, I think it's time to seize the day. So, in regards to some of the ideas that that you um, have been featuring in the breach, critiques, uh, investigations, also some of the um, points that were raised in the election night coverage. What are some key issues that are coming from social movements which you don't see represented in mainstream political uh, discussions around the elections? Um, within the mainstream press? Um, in terms of the mainstream press, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, they, they the thing is they, you, you can't say that they don't cover it at all. 
but you can certainly say that they don't, you know, give any kind of uh, significant placement to it. Um, you know, they did cover climate, but then the, the, they also extensively covered the, fa- the, the, like, the liberal appropriation of the climate discourse <laughs> using these so-called experts. Uh, and, you know, uh, who, who, who basically said, oh, the liberal plan is amazing and just completely ignored the fact that they um, have, you know, uh, bought pipelines, uh, suppressed with violence, indigenous land defenders, uh, you know, carried on fossil fuel subsidies, like um, backed uh, fossil fuel projects, you know, left, right, and center. I mean, um, so so you can't say they haven't covered it, but but it's it's a question of how, how they cover it and to what end, I think. Um, so there's all kinds of things. There's like the opioid e- ep- epidemic that's like literally killing, um, killing people. There's um, there's the in- the you know what looked like it was going to be an election issue. The indigenous um, uh, you know mass graves found out, uh, or or certainly graves found outside of uh, residential schools, um, and. Uh, the kind of continue not not just the fact that it happened which is obviously a uh, scandalous and tragic and all those things but it but but the fact that it represents an ongoing policy of that's that's effectively genocidal um that canada's carrying on um to this day i mean i think i think that's the that's the, the key takeaway and that hasn't really been addressed um i think you've seen individual journalists try to address it uh, but in terms of, you know, what CTV and the Globe and Mail and CBC decide are the headlines of the day, like, you know, obviously those things mostly don't show up. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's a challenge to build, uh, to build independent media capacity and, and, to, and, to, and, and to find ways to change the agenda. Well, please talk about that a bit more, Drew. So the breach launched this year and um, there's you know, um, a focus on doing journalism through that process, but mm-hmm. also there is a relationship that a lot of people involved in the breach have with um, social movements and activism, um, you know, uh, that has advocated for, you know, equality, um, social justice, um, you know, coming to terms with Canada's genocidal past in relation to Indigenous people. Um, can you talk a bit more about some of the motivations behind the breach and why you feel it's important at a, at a moment like this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I think what, what we need is, is, is to, is to, um, is to build, you know, uh, a movement, a movement of movements, you know, people coming from different perspectives, fighting for their own, um, conditions in their lives, but understanding each other and creating links of solidarity, um, because you know the the kind you know we're not we're not a uniform. There's there's no one group in society, unfortunately, that can say like, okay, we're going to transform society. Like, if we want to transform society, we're going to have to do it with a bunch of different groups. We're going to have to do it with um, you know um, people dealing with systemic racism, people dealing with um, anti-immigration, you know, both sentiment and policy. We're going to have to deal with, uh, colonialism or people who are dealing with colonialism. We're going to have to, all those people are going to have to come together. And, and obviously people who are exploited as workers, um, 
and who are or who are in rural communities that are suffering from like decades of economic decay and um, and sort of, you know, passive neglect. Um, you know, and so all those different groups are going to have to find a way to understand each other, act in solidarity and find what their common ground is, what their, what their way of, um, of addressing the problems collectively is going to be and, and confronting ultimately that's going to put you in confrontation with power structures. And so you're going to have to build solid relationships where you, understand each other well enough that you're not going to freak out when, when somebody prioritizes a sli something slightly different than you're prioritizing. Um, so that's very complex and tricky. And I think that independent media, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, pretend that the breach has all those <laughs> problems sorted out because they're deeply complex and, and, you know, the things that people spend lifetimes working on. But, um, but, but I think that, you know, I think what we aspire to is, is to create that, create a space where people can, um, you know, can, can, can see what the openings are, see what the possibilities are, um, and also build, build that solidarity, build that understanding of what all the different people working on sort of parallel tracks are, uh, and how they can coordinate and, and seize possibilities when they open up. Um, you know, and, and that, I guess that's what I'm saying about the minority government is it's, it is one of those possibilities that, you know, if there's a conservative minority, if there's a liberal majority, <laughs> if there's an NDP majority, even, um, you know, th there wouldn't be as much possibility. It's just not the same thing. Um, uh, and, and, or you know, at the very least, the conditions are very different. So there's, there's, there's a unique possibility that's not going to last probably more than two years. Um, and, and we didn't get to seize the last one because COVID sort of disrupted everything. And I think people were sitting back and waiting for the NDP to do stuff and they didn't do it. Um, the NDP's leadership is just not up to the task of seizing this kind of moment. So I think, um, but I think that there are some MPs within the NDP caucus who could be empowered if there was a movement from below, if there was, if a coalition of groups got together and said, okay, well, we're going to push this issue. Um, and I don't know what that issue is. I think I think it needs to be debated. I think it needs to be discussed. I think it needs to be evaluated from different perspectives. Um, and and you know, it's not going to be easy to come to an agreement. And probably, you know, whatever. Even if people do attain some critical mass, other people are not going to agree. Some groups are not going to agree, and we're going to have to live with that uh, because that's the messiness of things. But. But I think the only way we can get to the, you know, the best option possible is to is through discussion, through debate, through, um, you know, bringing out um, information uh, that that people haven't necessarily considered closely. Um, so so I think, you know, um, I think that's the role that independent media can play. That's the role, certainly the role that the breach aspires to, to play um, without pretending that, you know, we have all the answers or that we're, you know influential enough to to play the role that that maybe we'd like to play but um but um but i think that that's what independent media needs to be doing is creating that space where people can talk to each other and coordinate action effectively just uh the website and um maybe just highlight one recent report uh on the breach or, or investigation that you would encourage people to to look at Sure. The website is breachmedia.ca. Um, 
we've done a whole series of investigations around the uh, the election right now. Um, but I think uh, one of the things I think the, the thing that I would say check out is uh, is the explainer video that we did called Land Back uh, with Pam Palmiter. Um I think it's it 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 pretty much lays out what um, what people need to know about the the slogan Land Back, what it means, and um, and and how it could actually be implemented as policy, not just as a not just as a you know vision that's not quite attainable. Drew, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was a conversation with Drew Oya J, uh, who is one of the founding forces behind uh, Breach Media, um, the Breach, uh, and uh, of course, as you heard, we talked about the federal election uh, here in Canada and looking at what uh, this independent media outlet uh, has focused on in relation to that. I'd really encourage people to check out their work. I think it's very important. Breachmedia.ca. It's a, a different voice. And I think it, it's always beneficial for us to sort of look at an important political moment from different perspectives, no matter where you're, you're standing. So uh, check out their work. Uh, thanks to Drew for joining the program this week. Free City Radio broadcasts every Wednesday at 11 a.m. We're also a weekly podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Stefan Christoph. We'll be back next Wednesday at 11. And thanks for tuning in. Um, uh, I will go out uh, this week uh, with some uh, music. Uh, I am going to be uh, highlighting... Um, some um, tracks from um, uh, a label that I really appreciate um, based in California. Um, it's um, uh, a label that I think um, sort of looks at some um, really important sort of contemporary artists, uh, releases their work on cassette. It's Not Not Fun Records. Um, and um, yeah, check out their work. Um, we'll hear from Masahiro Takahashi. Um, this is from Not Not Fun Records. This has been Free City Radio on CKUT 90.3 FM. Do stay tuned. The F-Files is coming up next. And uh, take it easy. I'll talk to you next week.